0: Welcome to this evening's call, it's a free-form call, just kind of Q&A about barefoot running, barefoot walking, barefoot hiking, minimalist things, um, and Zero Shoes, formerly known as Invisible Shoes, although technically the transition won't be official until the, new, until the new website is up, which we're hoping is going to be within a week or so. My fingers are crossed for that. <clears throat> for those people who didn't hear um, and didn't figure it out, I'm Stephen Sashen from Zero Shoes, and I'm trying to think... um is any logistics not a whole heck of a lot if by chance you have a bunch of noise behind you you can mute yourself by hitting star six and then unmute yourself by hitting star six again Um, I wouldn't worry about it right now it sounds pretty quiet on the call and the call this will last as long as we're here Um, I've got no agenda we'll just kind of take Q&A and see where the conversation goes and um, have some fun so before I get started since someone else just joined us, if you want to announce who you are and where you're calling from, that would be free yes. yes, my name is Andy Whitney, and I'm in Royal Oak, Michigan. Hey, Andy, welcome to the call. And um, uh, this is a non-representative sample of our customers since it's all men on tonight's call. We've got okay. a, a lot of a lot of women who, who buy our product and use our product, but right now it's it's a boys' night, so we'll we'll deal with that until or unless uh, someone comes and breaks that up. So all that said. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything I want to start with. Yeah, let me start with the world's fastest little bio, just to let you know where I'm coming from. And maybe that'll be useful, and maybe it's just all unnecessary, but here it is anyway. I got back into running uh, five years ago when I was 45. After a 30-ish year break, um, I was a sprinter way back then, and that's what I got back into when I started running again. Uh, And I pretty much went from injury to injury to injury for the next two years until someone suggested that I tried barefoot running as a cure. And so I thought that was kind of crazy, but I gave it a whirl. And in fact, it was. Or more accurately, what happened is my second barefoot run, I ended up so fascinated by the experience of feeling my feet on the ground and experimenting with the way my legs were moving to find ways of <coughs> running that were <coughs> excuse me, that were faster, easier, lighter, more fun, uh, that I didn't realize that I ran a 5K. Now, <coughs> some people... That might not seem like a big deal, but again, as a sprinter, um, I'm a 100-meter guy, and I literally had, I don't think I'd ever run more than a mile and a half in my entire life, and I did not enjoy it when I did it. So that was a big revelation, but even more, I ended up with a pretty big couple of blisters on my left foot, and it was not lost on me that I had no blisters on my right foot, and it was not lost on me that my left leg was the one that was getting injured more often than my right leg. So on my third barefoot run, when I still was not healed from all these blisters, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna go out for a few minutes and if I can't make it not hurt, then I'm gonna stop. But if I can make it not hurt, that'll probably mean that I'm no longer doing the thing that caused the blisters in the first place. Nine minutes and 30 seconds into this run when I was just about to stop, something changed. And out of nowhere, literally in one stride, I was running faster, easier, lighter, and with no pain. What I realized, what I had been doing was that I, I had been overstriding. I'd been reaching out with my left foot even more than my right foot, and pulling my foot towards me and then kind of pushing it behind me rather than sort of placing and lifting and being on top of my feet is the the feeling. And when I made that change in the rest of my running, which was kind of effortless, I've been uninjured since. and I'm a master's All American sprinter. I'm one of the fastest guys over the age of fifty in the country. Um, <laughs> rumor has it that for men over 50, I might actually be the fastest Jew in the world. <laughs> and, and not a lot of competition in that, I'll admit, but nonetheless, uh, but more than that, I I really wanted to spend more and more time barefoot and had heard about the idea of Huaraches I knew about the taramara, uh before all this began and started making them and, and that just led to, to the beginning of Invisible Shoes, Now Zero Shoes. My background, though, in addition to just my personal background with running, I've done a lot of teaching of physical skills. I have a my undergraduate degree. I did research in the cognitive aspects of motor skill acquisition. So, what happens in your mind when you do things with your body? And I've taught everything from Zen archery to gymnastics. So, um, I come at this with a rather unusual set of skills about analyzing movement and movement and behavior. And uh, hopefully that will, will help out in um, what we do on this call, including now that I've been doing this for three years, that I've got experience with thousands and thousands of, of runners who I've worked with, and walkers and hikers, uh, people that I've worked with on the phone, in person, and uh, via email. So all that said, let's just jump in. Um, who's got a thought or a question or something that we can toy around with? Uh, I do. Steve from Los Angeles.
1: Uh, you said you were wearing barefoot for a while, why did you switch
0: to wearing these minimalist shoes? Um, I didn't switch to as much as I added. So what happened was when I... I love the idea of barefoot, but um, I couldn't be barefoot all the time. I, I really wanted to have that same experience as much as possible and let my feet start to actually move. So I wanted to ditch my regular shoes. That just seemed like a stupid thing to wear. And uh, and this was the closest thing I could get to get to being verified. Actually, part of the story I just forgot till now is that I immediately ran down to one of the local stores that was selling five fingers, and I tried them on and they didn't fit me. And I did this um, for about a year actually before I I started making sandals. Um, I tried them on like every three or four months, kind of like when you go to the refrigerator looking for food and you don't find something, you don't find what you want, and then you check it again five minutes later as if what you want somehow magically materialized. Um, I kept trying on the, the Vibrams, and they, they never fit me, and so eventually I went, well, that's not going to work. What, what can I do instead? So now, I'm, when I'm walking around, this is pretty much the only footwear that I wear as daily footwear. Um, on the track, when I'm at anything over 80% of my full speed, I'm in a pair of spikes or spikeless spikes. When I'm doing my warm-ups and drills, I'm usually barefoot, although sometimes I'll, I'll wear these. It just depends on my mood. Okay, well, that was a great call. Thanks for all that. <laughs> so, anybody else? Anything else?
2: I've got one, Steve. This is Andy uh, from where I'm just interested that, you know, you started with speed. How much, and I know you said it helps you with injuries, but do you, you
3: really feel this is sort of counterintuitive to a lot of speed stuff that you're doing more distance now than however?
0: Ironically, I, think it's, um, I don't think it's counterintuitive to speed at all. And the reason that I say that is that, The key to running form is the same whether you are a distance runner or a short-distance runner like I am, Um, and that is that you want to apply force into the ground in the most efficient way possible, and what that means is that you don't overstride, which means that you're not reaching out with your feet and having your feet land way in front of your center of mass that to the extent that you can, you don't pull your feet towards you or then push them behind you, uh, and that you figure out the appropriate amount of, of knee or hip lift that you that's involved. The biggest difference uh, that you see with distance runners versus sprinters is that distance runners don't have the same what's referred to as frontside mechanics. Um, distance runners, their knees don't come up as high, they're not reaching with their you don't actually reach with your feet when you're when you're sprinting, but the 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 motion is more behind the body than it is um, uh, in sprinting, where you're trying to have as much frontside mechanics as possible. But in terms of how your feet land in relation to your center of mass and what you do when your feet hit the ground, it's basically identical.
3: Yeah, I said so. counterintuitive. I should have said more counter than what's currently being done with people who consider themselves more sprinters. Um, I know it. you don't always do as much distance, so...
0: Uh, or as well, sprinters actually those... don't do any distance. Sprinters, I... in, in terms of training, don't do any distance at all. I mean, the longest I... Literally, the longest distance that I run when I'm training as a sprinter, um, and I run the 100, and I'll reluctantly run a 200. I'm not really a great 200-meter runner, uh, so they refer to me as a pure sprinter. My events are the, the indoors, the 60, and outdoors, the 100. And I'm actually better at the 60 than the 100 uh so the longest i will run on on a day when i'm really not wanting to when my coach kind of forces me to i'll I'll run maybe 250 or 300 meters Okay. so yeah so it's not about recommending distance now but again the interesting here's a uh, here's something else that's that's kind of intriguing that i discovered sprinting um i don't want to say this the the most important muscles in sprinting are your glutes and your hamstrings what are referred to as the prime movers, the things that actually do move you forward. Even though they're behind you, when you contract them, they move you forward. What is kind of paradoxical, what is kind of ironic, is that when you're walking barefoot or in huaraches, um, people sometimes ask me, well, how does, uh," there's a lot of conversation about foot strike when you're running. And so people sometimes say, what about foot strike when you're walking? And my response is that it's the wrong question or how your foot lands in a way is farther down the food chain uh, in terms of biomechanics. What's really important when you're walking is if you actually use your glutes and your hamstrings to propel you forward rather than swinging your leg out and kind of pushing yourself onto it, your foot will land naturally in in the right place. So uh, let me back up a half a step and uh, give you a thought experiment. Imagine that you're standing on one leg and I ask you to try to move forward, but not by falling, not by just bending at the ankle, and not by bending at the waist, but if you could actually move yourself forward, how would you do it? And the answer is the only way is that you contract your glutes and your hamstrings. If you just tighten your butt and tighten your hamstring, it will literally move you forward. And if you don't want to fall on your face, (laughs) you'll put your other foot down. And if you look at how your foot lands and where it lands, you'll see it's in a very, very, natural, biomechanically efficient place. You might land heel first, barely. You might land midfoot. You might land forefoot. Depends on how fast you're going. It depends on whether you're going uphill or downhill or on a flat. But you'll typically land with your foot in a great place biomechanically, ready to do this, the next thing, which is contract your glutes and your hamstrings as you're taking the next step. So, interestingly, walking well, barefoot, or in where I is, means being tall, being having your, your shoulders above your hips, above your feet, and using your prime movers, your glutes and your hamstrings to move you. The irony is that's exactly what you do when you're sprinting. Mm-hmm. The only difference is how much force you're putting in the ground and what your legs are doing as they, as they do that. But um, if you watch sprinters walk, uh, they often have really, really good barefoot walking form.
2: Question: If you're done with the last question,
0: I I think the long pause indicates that I am. Well, I could, I could talk about it for a long
2: time. I, I think it's really interesting and just to, to hear you put it in words. So, but I don't mind to sh-
0: excuse me. I do mind sharing it and and certainly yeah, come back. Explain, yeah, we can come back here if we want. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, mine is more. Um, this is Charlie. Uh, I used to, lived in Hawaii I'm currently on tech, in Texas on business and I have been a runner of various forms for years. I've been a sprinter uh, I've been lucky enough to have been in places where I can run barefoot on beaches and things like that and um, you know I've've gotten in a sense reinterested really you know I ran across the born to run book and I, I read that and I really enjoyed it and I'd heard of the Tarahumaras and, you know, their, um, you know, their feats in running and, and so forth. And so then I started finding on the Internet there were several companies that made what they called barefoot running sandals. And I haven't purchased anything yes uh, yet as far as that goes. Now I've worn flip-flops in one form or another for probably 50 years, you know, starting over in Hawaii in, in the 50s. And... Um, I like the idea of barefoot and at places I've been able to do it and other places I can't. So I'm also interested in the idea of the barefoot sandals, both for running and for just sort of everyday wear.
3: Around. And
2: yeah. this is one of the sites that I've run across. And I'm intending to like yours better than the other ones. And I just saw your your, your latest where you uh, basically placed higher than the other ones. And I'm just – I guess my question is – since there are so many, apparently either the same thing or variations on a theme, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, since you make yours, I think you would probably tell me that yours are the best, which I have no problem with. But,
0: um, well, I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you I'll, I'm in a slightly awkward position, uh, as you as you um, <laughs> asserted, because because it is my company and it is my product, but at the same time. I, I feel completely nonpartisan when I extol the virtues of our product, and I can tell you why. Okay. Um, the simple thing is, we're the only company that's using an outsole that's specifically designed for this purpose. We all, back when I started, it was only me and and Barefoot Ted, and we were right. both using the same material, which was a, a something that we still sell. It's a Vibram product called their Cherry rubber. It's four millimeters thick. It's designed to be a, a, an outsole replacement for shoes and boots. Um, it was pretty much the only thing out there. In fact, when I first talked to our rubber mat, rubber distributor, I said, um, here's what we're currently using, but is there anything else that we should be looking at that's kind of like this that gives us the qualities we want, something that's, um, that feels good on the foot, something that provides decent traction, something that uh, lasts for a while, uh, something that's flexible enough but not too flexible, something stiff enough but not too stiff, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, "Um, no. (laughs) So that's what we were using. And then I hooked up with the former lead designers from Nike and Reebok, uh, and they helped me design this product along with one of the top outsole manufacturers in the world. So the things that we've done to that product, or to make this product, are dramatically different than anyone who's using a straight Vibram outsole. It's um, mildly contoured to your foot, so it holds your foot a little better. The, the tread is designed for running. Um, the dual chevron design on the bottom is designed to give you great traction, and it does. It's got the right amount of flexibility and stiffness. The top surface is really comfortable, um, gives you good grip without being um, without being as kind of rough as the Vibram is. We've got these reinforced ankle holes that help that. Uh, so there's a number of things in that regard. The the other sandal products that are out there right now, most of them have switched to a ten millimeter or six to ten millimeter thick um, uh, material from Newflex, uh, called NuFlex, also from Vibram. It's a neoprene or basically a blown rubber. And when I talked to Vibram, the CEO was someone who I bumped into regularly, and we chatted. And he said, um, "Is there anything I can do to help you? Because I love what you're doing." I said, "Yeah, can we talk about manufacturing?" So he hooks me up with his head of manufacturing and the head of manufacturing says, well, how come you're not using the new flex like everybody else? And I said, because, um, it's the, the material compresses and, um, what starts out as maybe six or 10 millimeter turns into something hard and more solid because it's breaking down and it doesn't have the same abrasion resistance as our product does, which has a 5,000 mile warranty. And it, um, uh, it's, Flat, so that it doesn't have the right shape. It doesn't stay to your foot very well. Um, it, it tends to tear in certain ways. I basically went down the list of all the reasons, and, and he says, "Okay, well, all of that's true, but <laughs> so, so the, the the biggest difference that you'll see is that we're using a material designed for this purpose. And you can do other things to it if you want. I mean, there's some people who add leather to their to the uppers. Um, I'm not a big fan of that because it wears out. It's expensive. It gets dirty and holds bacteria. Once you glue the leather uh, upper to the outsole, that glue layer makes the product stiffer. Um, when people talk about, some people like to say, well hey our product conforms to your foot. Well what that means is the material is breaking down. There's no material that conforms to your foot. It just breaks down in a particular way and then, then surrounds your foot with the part that didn't break down. Uh, so, so I think material is probably the most important thing. Then there's some people just doing different lacing styles. Um, uh, the laces that we use, I'm a big fan of because they provide. Well, they're water resistant. Um, they don't stretch. They don't. They don't shrink. Um, they come in fun colors. They're because they're round. They're comfortable on the foot. You can do a bunch of bajillion different lacing styles with them. Um, to think of what else and oh but in a, in a way the biggest thing is that most of the other sandals that i've tried and I've, i tend to buy everything that comes out they don't have the same barefoot feeling they have because, usually because simply because they're thicker a thicker sole or because it's thicker and then has leather and some glue in between it there's just less ground feel and for me the one of the really important things is ground feel and one of the reasons i say that is um The whole premise about barefoot running, being actually barefoot, is that the sensations that you feel from the ground will give you feedback that helps you change your form. The short version is if it hurts, you're doing something wrong. If you can find out how to do it so it doesn't hurt, that should be better. So you tend not to heel strike because heel striking hurts. You tend not to pull and push with your feet too much because those things give you blisters. When you get into a thicker shoe, that doesn't let you feel the ground so much. You run into all the same problems that you would have when you're wearing any other shoe where you can't feel the ground. One of the things that we've seen, and Pete Larson from runblogger.com has documented this, the American Council on Exercise has documented this, is that people wearing five fingers, they think they're in a barefoot shoe, but there's enough padding and enough stiffness and enough sole thickness that they can't feel the ground as well as they think and they will heel strike and do all the normal things they do when they're in running shoes, often, usually, without knowing it. In fact, some people will can, will assure you that they never heel strike, and then you put a pair of five fingers on them, and they will assure you that they're not heel striking, and you look at the video, or you just listen to the video, and you hear this sound of slap, 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 and you look and you see that they're in fact doing that. So... Um, Keeping a, a enough ground feel to give you enough feedback is very important to us, and that's something that uh, many of the other sandal products aren't are providing.
2: That's great. Um, maybe you could answer one other question. I know you have the two different thicknesses, I believe four millimeter and six millimeter. What would be the advantages or disadvantages of each of those for, I mean, I probably couldn't tell you enough yeah. about me to say, okay, you should use one or the other, but. Uh, well.
0: There's nothing you could tell me that would allow me to answer, you know, to give you a piece of advice for for the reason that I'll explain. But let me back up a, a tiny step. because You said something oh. that reminded me of uh, one last part of the answer for the differences. Um, our product has a 5,000-mile warranty, and right. what that means is that if you wear the outsole down to one millimeter or less, just um, send them back with 10 bucks for shipping and handling, and we'll send you a new pair. And the, the joke is, uh, well, we've never had anyone do that um and we might be able to bump the warranty up to 10,000 miles we don't even know yet cuz no one's worn out a pair uh but we like having a number and the other difference is that our 4-mil kit is 24.95 the 6-mil kit is 29.95 obviously less expensive during our anniversary sale right now um that's a significantly lower price than than the other products now to the question of the 4-mil versus 6-mil two things One is that some people will say, okay, well, what about, you know, your four millimeter product compared to someone else's four millimeter product? And my answer is you can't do that. Um, It's comparing sole thickness, while it seems like it would be apples and apples, actually isn't. It's more like apples and orangutans. Uh, And the easy example is that one millimeter of stainless steel is a little different than a foot of cotton candy. So unless you're literally comparing two identical products, you can't actually compare based on thickness. I've seen some shoes that claim to have, you know, be the same thickness or thinner than ours that have less ground feel because they're so stiff. Uh, so, so the issue with comparing the four to the six is primarily the question of: Do you want to be as close to barefoot as possible, or do you want a little extra protection? Or if you're on a hike, for example, are you a gram weenie, which is the phrase that ultralight backpackers? use about themselves that every gram counts um, or not. So we have people who use the four mil on trails because they really like to grip the rocks and twigs and feel the ground. We have people who like to use the six millimeter on um, flat surfaces because since it is slightly stiffer than the four millimeter, it's a slightly smoother ride. Um, and conversely, we have people who use the four on roads because it's just the lightest thing you can get, and they use the six on trails because they like a little extra protection. My joke, of course, as the owner of the company, is they're cheap enough that you can buy them both and decide for yourself. Um, so it really is just a personal preference about how barefoot do you want to be in the situations where you are. I, I know one uh, one guy he did the Appalachian Trail in a pair of four mil, and loved it and then I gave him a pair of six mil and or he bought them and he, he just walked around the parking lot outside of our office and went oh my god these are so much what I want um, uh, and, and he didn't even know it conversely I, I know people who um, had been in um, the, the again the four mil just running around on the roads and they like the six mil just for walking um, these the four mil for running and the six mil for walking I, I sometimes switch into my six mil when I'm doing a lot of driving I know this sounds weird but I like to have something stiffer between my foot and the uh, gas pedal. And uh, similarly, if I'm on my bike a, a lot, I use the, the 6 mil for that. So, again, it's just how barefoot do you want to be and or how much weight are you interested in carrying around.
2: Thank you. I think you've answered my questions for the moment. I'll turn it over to anybody else who wants to ask more. No, but yeah. thanks for the answers. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, pleasure. That's what we're here for.
1: Yeah, this is Steve again. Another question. I, I used Vibrams for about two years and they were great. I got another pair for some reason either they changed the way they're making them or something I, they didn't work at all so I started wearing just strictly tri- 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 barefoot. Yeah, I ran barefoot for like the last six months and I, I love this great but now it's getting colder or I've got to find something a little different. Is there any kind of a, uh, adjustment period from going straight barefoot in, in, into your shoes?
0: It's an interesting question. Um, it depends and it depends on how your form is barefoot. Uh, I, I've met a number of barefoot runners who have been putting in quite a few miles but still had some form issues and those, the, those form issues actually showed up or became, became apparent when they put on sandals. And so one of the ways that happens is sound. If your sandals start making serious slapping noises, so, uh, sometimes I get emails like, I don't know, once or twice a month I get an email and someone will say, your sandals make a lot of noise and I will <laughs> hold one in my hand and go, I'm not hearing it. Uh, so if you're if you're making a bunch of slapping noises with your sandals on, then it's a really interesting question of why is that happening since it's possible to run very, very quietly um, in sandals. And what I've seen is a number of barefoot runners who continue to overstride or continue to pull and push with their feet. Uh, those are really the two biggest things. Or, or push off with their feet too much and use their calves more than than is necessary. So if you have great form, then you might do what I've seen a lot of people do is put these on and just go out for a run and never turn turn back. The flip side is I, uh, I watched a video from a guy today who went out for his first run and says wow you know they're a little louder than I thought. It's like no they're not louder you're being loud and I was watching him run and he sort of shuffles a bit when he runs so he plants his foot a little harder than, uh, uh, than is necessary if he picked up his cadence a little bit so his feet were kind of cycling a bit more then, then not only would sound disappear, but his running would be a little uh, more effortless as well. So, the, if you've been barefoot, the odds are pretty good, you'll be fine, or you just might bump into a little something where you go, oh, Here, here's actually a quick story, another story about that. I got a, uh, a video from a guy who'd been teaching barefoot running for about four or five years. Now, I have to preface that by saying, he's been teaching barefoot running, but he'd been wearing five fingers the whole time. So, he makes a video of his first run, and he just goes running around the parking lot where he's at. And I saw something, and he sped up the part where he's running around, so it's just fast motion. I saw something when he was doing that, that I was about to comment on, until he comes back and gets in front of the camera and says, wow, these will really let you know if you're heel striking. And he tries to say it like, they'll let you know. (laughs) But what he discovered is that he was heel striking and didn't realize it until he put these on. And he would have found the same thing out if he was barefoot, but um, he really noticed it wearing these. And this is a guy, again, who'd been teaching that you should midfoot or forefoot strike for four or five years and didn't realize that he wasn't doing what he was teaching. So again, the, the, the transition should be fast and easy. And if it's not, the little things that you'll discover, uh, you'll probably be able to correct them quickly and it'll make your regular barefoot running better as well. Now, one other thing that you mentioned, which was temperature. Um, It's getting cold in most of the places for most people who are on this call. Um, People ask a lot about dealing with cold weather, especially people who get really, really attached to wearing these sandals or being barefoot and don't want to do anything else. And there are a couple of things that you can do. One is you can just add a pair of oversized wool socks. You know, think socks plus flip-flops. Another is that you can... um, just wait and see how much you adapt. <laughs> so if you go to invisibleshoe.com snow or invisibleshoe.com cold, you'll see some, some info about this, including a video of me just standing out in 15 inches of snow, shoveling the snow for an hour, And although it's not an hour-long video. But I've been amazed at how much my feet have adapted in the last few years. Um, I just haven't worn socks uh, in that whole time. And I didn't intend to do that. I was just kind of curious, like, how long would I go in the winter – until it became clear that I needed to put something on, and next thing again, it was spring. Um, but there's a trick to that, and the trick is that instead of going out for a big, long run, you do loops. So you go out for just a couple minutes, you come back and warm yourself up. You go out for a couple minutes, you come back, you warm yourself up, and you just keep doing that, um, being very attentive to to your feet. And what you might find is that you'll get to a point where your body temperature has gone up enough and the blood is flowing well enough that you can spend a good amount of time outside. I my, I did, you know, 10 minutes on three minutes off when I went out to shovel the snow. And in the last batch, I was out for two hours without a problem. Um, by then my, my body temperature was just way, way up. So that's a, um, that's a, another, another something. And I had, there was another thought that I had that went along with that, but I totally forgot. Oh, toe socks. Um, you can also just grab some toe socks. From Toesox.com, dot uh, com, or injinji. i n j i n j i. dot com. Uh, that's something that people have done as well.
1: I've got two more questions. If it, uh, one is, um, if you don't consider cost, the cost isn't is irrelevant. Do people usually get better success ordering custom
0: made ones, or if they make
1: them themselves?
0: Um, Leaving cost out of it, it's really... It's not that people have had better or worse success. It's just a question of which you're in the mood to do. Doing the kit is really simple. If you go to invisibleshoe.com slash kit... um, By the way, all these invisibleshoe.com slashes, they're all changed to zeroshoes.com slash same thing um, in the near future. Um, There's really no difference... uh, How do I want to say this? The kit is pretty simple to make. 85% of what we sell is kits. If you feel confident doing that knock yourself out. You you know, the worst case scenario is yours aren't going to look quite as pretty as ours because we professionally cut them and finish them. Um, But in terms of function, it's not going to be any different.
1: Okay, my other question is how much do you charge to look at a video of people running and give them comments? Sounds like like you've got a really good eye for that.
0: Um, Wow, I never thought of charging money for it. So now that you brought that up a million dollars. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, well, really, yeah,
1: uh, I, I think I think as this thing catches up, I think that could be a good income source for you. I would say, I'd be looking like me, you lunch. Know, right? Well, sure.
0: um, since 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 I haven't tried to figure out a, a price for that, um, my price is free, and if you choose to donate towards Lena and I going out to dinner afterwards, if it's an all useful, then <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Okay, you, you're on. I, I run I, most of my businesses started. Um, by me saying buy me lunch and I will fill, you know, do whatever the thing is until enough people wanted to buy me lunch that I ran out of time so um, I, I'm a sucker for you know, buy me lunch and <laughs> okay thanks I'll, I'll do almost anything for free food it's really embarrassing anybody else?
2: I'm going to – this is uh, Anthony
0: and the I'm going to bow out, not because the content isn't wonderful. I have kids and a wife to tend to here for dinner. But uh, thank you, Steve, very much. Really, well, really pleasure. interesting call. So,
3: am um, glad. Um, uh, and,
0: and before you leave really quick, if anything else comes up, feel free to give me a call or drop me an email um, or yeah. jump on the forum and post it on there. So we're, we're always trying thank to email. Absolutely will do. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time yeah, bye with bye. Sunday night. Take care.
3: Thanks. Steve, this is uh, Caleb from from Philly. Yes. Uh, you talked a lot about uh, sprinting. Um, is there any any different form? I mean, you mostly work with frontside
0: mechanics as well when you're doing long distance. Uh, no, the exact opposite. I, I work on backside mechanics um, when I'm doing long distance. Um, and oh, oh, let me think about that for a second. Um, yeah, that's a. It's not a great way to say it, but it's it's close. I. There's not a lot of frontside mechanics when I'm doing distance. And for people who don't know what that means, it's basically what's happening with your leg in front of your body uh, between the time that your as your leg is swinging through from the moment that your knee passes the vertical line through your center of mass until your foot hits the ground again. Uh, So if there's a lot happening in the front, that's referred to as frontside mechanics. If you watch distance runners, they have a lot of what's referred to as backside mechanics. So you'll see their knee doesn't, doesn't go very far in front of their center of mass. Um, but, when, but if you look at how far behind them their foot goes, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. And sprinters are typically the exact opposite. Uh, so what I pay attention to mostly when I'm doing distance is how my, oh God, you know, the biggest thing I do is I ask myself, how can I make this faster, easier, and lighter? How can I make it so that I'm when I touch the ground, it's as pleasant and light and not stompy as possible? How can I play with what I'm doing with the recovery? How My leg moves from as far back as it goes to the front. How can I play with that to make it as effortless as possible? Um, and what I find is that I end up paying attention to um, there's, there's an image that I've been using lately that's really fun. You know when you're on a treadmill, how you feel like you're just catching the ground and having to move along with it? Yeah. I, try to, I try to pretend that that's what's happening when I'm out in the real world, that the ground is a treadmill, and I have to catch it with my foot and just go along for the ride. And uh, that's a really cool cue for for not just stomping on the ground or landing on the ground. And if you do that, it naturally creates more backside mechanics. Okay. The front side, front side mechanics for distance runners and in a way for sprinters as well, uh, actually it's, I take it back, for all runners, frontside mechanics is all about what you do when your foot hits the ground. So for sprinters, what you're trying to do is get your foot off the ground and back in front of you as quickly as possible. For distance runners, you're just trying to get your foot off the ground and back up underneath you as quickly as possible because you're trying to minimize the, 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 um, the lever arm of your upper leg down to your knee. So that happens with sprinters as well, but sprinters, if we could, we would just pogo stick. We would just like bounce and our foot would never go behind our center of mass. That's the fantasy. It's not physiologically possible. It's not biomechanically possible. But that's the fantasy is that, that there's just barely enough horizontal force when your foot hits the ground to keep you moving forward. Um, and distance runners, their feet are on the ground just a little bit longer. So just from that reason alone, if you're going at a decent clip and your foot's on the ground for, let's see, sprinters, it's like less than a tenth of a or less than a tenth of a second, usually eight hundredths of a second. Uh, sorry, um, wait, is it yeah, eight hundred? So it's a really tiny amount of time. Distance runners, your feet are on the ground for a little bit longer, and just because you're moving at a decent clip, by the time you get your foot off the ground, it's already further behind you than than it would be if you were sprinting that makes sense? Okay, yeah. But the, real, but the real question in my mind is just what can I do to make this faster, easier layer? How can I have this be more fun? And, um, and so wondering more about kind of the big picture cue than specific uh, biomechanical cues. And uh, there's a, a good reason for that, and that is that most of us are really oblivious to where our body is in space anyway. That most of us think that our body is doing one thing when it's actually doing something else. So if you're trying to pay it, really pay attention to, you know, is my foot landing three inches in front of my center of mass or three inches behind it, unless you're sitting there with a video camera almost in real time, you're probably wrong anyway. So it's not necessarily a great thing to try to focus on. Okay.
3: Um, and, and have you ever had any uh, people that have experienced... Um, I just switched over about uh, two months ago. So and, and the only real issue now, I worked out some kinks. I was slapping pretty hard from the get-go and, and figured out that I was running wrong. The only thing that I'm having issues with now is on my left foot. The top of my foot is a little bit sore, and I'm wondering if um, that's potentially a stretching issue or if that's... Uh, uh, a footfall issue if
0: I should adjust the way that my... Well, it's an an interesting question uh, for one of my favorite reasons and that is it's not happening on your right foot. Mm -hmm. So clearly something is different and usually we're not symmetrical. I don't think I've met anyone who is. uh, But it's an interesting thing when we have an asymmetric problem, when we have a unilateral problem. Because the magic question is really not what should I do to fix my bad one, but what am I doing right on my good one? And when I I had my big blister, that was what I was paying attention to. Is like, what am I doing on this foot that's not having a problem that's different than the one that is? And I never figured it out cognitively. I never got the answer in my head and went, oh, that's what I need to do to change. It just kind of, just by paying attention, something shifted. There's a body work style called Feldenkrais. And that's one of the things they do with Feldenkrais work is they have you work on the good side a whole lot rather than the bad side. And then, the bad side kind of learns to do what the good side was doing. So I'm not sure um, what the problem is. It could be related to, oh, you know, it could be um, it could be an issue of pushing off. It could be an issue of overstriding a bit and landing with your foot in front of you and putting extra strain on the, the musculoskeletal system. One of the things I never thought in, of in a million years when is I watch people when they hear they're supposed to four foot strike, they reach out with their foot, so like almost pointing their toes to land with their foot in front of them. I'd never imagined that was a thing to do, um so the first time I saw it, I was a little dumbstruck, but when you see people doing that it's 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 a stress fracture waiting to happen because they're absorbing all of the shock on a straight leg and a small foot rather than getting your foot underneath you where the whole leg is engaged, the foot, the ankle, the knee, the hip. Um, so it's hard for me to say without seeing what you're doing um, but the, the advice that I might give is A, make sure you're getting enough rest um, the idea of no pain no gain does not apply here if it hurts mm-hmm. it's not you're n- you don't want to run through it um, and, and the other thing is, is pay attention to the good side and see if that just gives you a cue and, and it might um, uh, now I say no pain, no gain does not apply here, realizing that if it weren't for the pain that I had from my blister and my willingness to keep going until I could figure out a way for it not to hurt, um, I wouldn't be here. So I know that human beings will sometimes keep going when it hurts because maybe it'll get bad enough that finally their body will go, oh, screw this, I'm doing something different. (laughs) So I, I know that's a possibility, but I don't recommend that as a technique. Sure, sure. Well, you already
3: mentioned earlier in this call that um, if if it hurts, you're doing something wrong, and you need to adjust. So
0: it just shouldn't hurt.
3: Perfect. Thanks, thanks so much, Steve. I think it's really cool for you, the CEO of a company, to get on a phone call uh, with the consumers of the product. That's uh, it's a first in my uh, my experience with anything, um, and I think it's really really go- cool, really good testament to your uh, company.
0: Oh, well that's very sweet and what it says to me is I totally need to hire more employees <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no it's it, 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 I, interestingly the, when we do one of these again and we might do one next week before the sale ends um, I want to see if I can get uh, our customer service manager bill on the call as well because bill's the distance runner in the office he he puts 70 to 90 miles a week uh, either barefoot or, or in his zero shoes and he might have some other uh, other things to, to to chime in about because He's really cranking out the miles. Hmm. Nice. Well,
3: I'm I'm working up to an Ironman, so we'll see if I can do those in uh, in your zero shoes. So.
0: I'm my uh, I'm trying to put on the the world's shortest triathlon. It's a, a triathlon for sprinters, uh, <laughs> where it would be a 50 yard swim, a, um, a a quarter mile bike ride, and a 50 yard dash. <laughs> Let me know if I might compete. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it during lunch. You know. There we go. <laughs> you know, you know how like for the Iron Man, or for the real triath- the full triathlon, the bumper stickers, the twenty six point twos actually mm-hmm. for for marathon, Sorry, the twenty six point two, and then for the tries, the one forty three point six, or whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, we want to have one of those that just says point two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, anybody else? Anything else? I just want to
1: say, like, like the best guy. Just thank you so much for doing this. I, I don't even know how I got my email address from, so I'm glad I hooked up with you. And, uh, or,
0: or, <laughs> well, um, I'm sure I stole it from somewhere. No, it, it came. It, it came. It, it had to have come from from you signing up somewhere uh, on our site because um, we don't harvest emails or share emails or do anything like that. But thanks for being here. I'm gonna order a pair of
1: your shoes. You inspired me. So you got one tail on the call anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Rudy, so I, I feel like I, said, I think this was great that you did it. I mean, on well, the nice. one hand, it's too bad there weren't more people, but I'm glad there like, weren't. I got a, a lot of questions out, so I really appreciate it very
0: much, Steve. Well, no, it's my pleasure. It's 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 always very helpful for me too. So that's one of the. I mean, I like doing this, and and um, uh, it's useful for me. So that's what happens. Thanks, Sam. Cool. Yeah, thank well, you. it's out. It sounds like we have reached a point where we're done, which is um, splendid, so let me just make it official. Um, Thank you all for being on the call. Again, it it really is a treat. Um, Whether you decide to buy a product from me or not, couldn't care less. Um, It's one of the reasons that we give away free plans on how to do this yourself. My interest is in getting people to feel the world and have fun uh, being out there, whether you're running, walking, hiking, to be able to become your own coach so that if you learn to think about your body, you don't need someone like me, and that's one of the advantages of being barefoot is it really does help you do that. Uh, and, and, of course, our, part of our, our plan as a company is to eliminate the flip-flop from this planet, so whatever I can do to make that happen <laughs> and be the replacement <laughs> for that. Uh, but also, you know, frankly, my someone asked me today, why are you doing this just in general? Why do you start the company and why are you working so hard? And my response is, um, I only do things that I find fun and, and intellectually compelling. And that's what this is. It's both fun and, it, and it's very intellectually compelling. And uh, I'm I'm really thrilled that I get to, um, to have these conversations and, and keep discovering more and more about how to make this work and how to make it work better and what we can do to be helpful. So thank you for your participation in that. And, and as always, just keep us posted about um, how we're doing. And we'll see where it goes from here. So thank you again. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you, Steve. Bye.